0: Section 37. Capone and email without typos. What could be more magical than all of a sudden my email didn't have typos and it was easy to add bullets? Ed Fries, Word Development Manager. Leading up to Windows 95 shipping was probably the most explosive era in product development in Microsoft history. Whole new divisions, lines of business and products were springing up so fast it was often difficult to keep track. It wasn't just the strategic clarity of focusing on windows, but also expanding windows into new areas, from automobiles to televisions, from markets as far-flung as hospitals to passenger aircraft, not to mention the global expansion of the ever-expanding sales force. It wasn't just that every one of these new efforts was capitalizing on the windows strategy, it was that finally approaching market readiness. It was also, and perhaps more important, that each effort also led the way in embracing the internet. While most everyone outside Microsoft would aim their concerns at the Internet icon in Windows 95's desktop, the ownership and strategy behind that was all contained within one team in one division, Windows. The real battle, or more appropriately, consternation and endless debate, would take place over a much less discussed desktop icon, Inbox, The email client application that could connect Microsoft's two email products, the legacy MS Mail and the not-quite-finished enterprise mail product, Exchange, or codename EMS, as well as what was then called Internet Mail, email that used standard internet protocols such as POP3 or IMAP. The online version includes a screenshot of the Windows 95 desktop just after launch using the official release of Windows, showing the icons for the Microsoft network, the internet, and Inbox. Unlike a WWW browser, building the company's email strategy lacked a singular organization focus. Rather, it was more a classic strategy of permissiveness and letting many flowers bloom, an approach that Microsoft would employ repeatedly—photos, messaging, collaboration, and more. When something was cool or the next big thing, it always seemed as though every group would somehow manage to find the resources to squeeze it into their strategy. Eventually, in the 1990s, every part of the company had an email strategy— Windows, online and consumer, servers, and applications. Those didn't always align or even work together. Windows, like OS2 and Unix and soon Macintosh, was like every operating system and assumed that connecting to standard internet protocols for email was important. Even though by email accounts, most of consumers were reading email in America Online, AOL, or one of the other online dial-up services. These protocols were widely popular with internet service providers, those providing dial-up access directly to the internet without the walled garden of information services of an online company and small businesses. About a year after Windows 95 shipped, the team released Microsoft Internet Mail and News, codename Athena, which would go on to become one of several extremely popular email clients for customers using internet protocols around the world. The online version has a screenshot of the America Online desktop application showing email. The online and consumer division was building the Microsoft network, which of course had email. The email experience relied on a purpose-built mail server, custom protocol, and a mail interface that would soon power the msn.com email addresses. In a short time, the same group would also acquire Hotmail, which provided free email directly through any www browser with an internet connection. The team would spend quite some time reconciling the implementation of their own strategy. Servers, the division building the back office products powering the client server strategy for business, was the home of the team building EMS as previously discussed. The team was primarily made up of hardcore server or backend developers focused on scale, reliability and performance. EMS had many more mail features than could be supported through internet protocols, including calendaring, mail, sharing folders, and enterprise level support and security. To support those, EMS had its own proprietary protocol or API, which meant it needed to build its own email client. So they did. Applications, specifically the office team, ended up part of this effort by a reorganization in mid-1994. There was a second email client going on, codenamed Ran and Stimpy, mail and calendaring after the cartoon characters, to be fully re- a full replacement for MS Mail and Schedule Plus. Since these were mostly distributed as part of the Office product, it seemed to make sense that the team would move to Applications. This was an early version 1.0 product and far from shipping. The EMS team grew increasingly frustrated with this product compared to their own Capone effort, even though no one was close to shipping. Ren seemed to tax the EMS server significantly more than Capone. From an industry perspective, Microsoft's largest competitor in email appeared to be Lotus Notes, which was gaining traction and with the recent 4.0 release showed a revamped user experience and focus on email and strong connections to the internet. I attended the yearly conference in Orlando and left suitably concerned. Ultimately, IBM acquired Lotus just a few weeks before the Windows 95 launch Cementing Notes as the premier competitor to both Office and Windows, the New York Times ran a front-page story covering the deal, along with several adjacent stories about the magnitude of the acquisition, both financially and strategically. The online version includes uh, the New York Times article, Then, what a huge deal that was from June of 1995. Notes created the workgroup or groupware category, something Microsoft could not seem to get right. A variant of Windows, Windows for Workgroups, added some networking features but offered little competitively. Office had several packages done as add-ons to Excel to enable workgroup activities such as budgeting, but those too missed the mark. Visual Basic was being used to create collaborative applications and was going to be a key part of the EMS strategy. But that was far off and not the focus of the languages team at all. The addition of Inbox to Windows 95 would be yet another attempt at turning up the competitive heat against Lotus with something neither core to a product team nor complete in execution. The online version includes some other screenshots of Lotus Notes 4.0 workgroup capabilities. What Lotus had done with Notes was create a product that was not squarely aimed at any existing Microsoft product. In fact, it landed between all the groups. That meant on some days, any group could simply ignore notes, and on others, it could could claim it was aiming straight for it in a competitive sense. Ultimately, no one was accountable, and everyone could point to someone else. In many companies, people look to executive management to clarify overlapping or incoherent strategies, especially in technology companies, where we love to have all the pieces fit together well. In times of rapid change and high uncertainty, however, Most leaders aim to maintain optionality and prefer the costs of internal organizational scuffles to potential costs of making the wrong decision. It was decidedly Bill G's approach, which for all the bravado of review meetings, he avoided at all costs making a binary choice between two groups and preferred to leave the differences to some natural course. It was as if he hoped a notes competitor would magically appear from within a group already tasked with competing with an entirely different product or company. This drove me, and many, crazy. But as I reflect on this in hindsight, it is only hindsight, or told you so, recollections, that allow people to say they knew we should have done something different. No one knew how email would turn out. We just knew we wanted to be a big player. Office had yet another view on email. It wasn't as much an interest in building an email client as it was that email seemed to be positioned to replace the core use of our product, which was creating documents, spreadsheets, and presentations. In 1994, email was in the earliest days of making its way through the corporate world. When email was in use, as it was at Microsoft, it was clear that the role of traditional 10 to 20 page business memo was declining. Our instrumented version of Word confirmed a gradual decline in short documents created with Word once email was in use. What used to be done as short memos printed and circulated in inter-office mail was being replaced by email. At first, this was somewhat terrifying for the most used anchor of the suite. But additional research showed that Word was still used for the most important and valuable documents and often longer documents created by multiple authors. In the pre-internet era, this was some, somewhat of a comfort for the team. The question remained, though... What, if anything, should be done about short documents? How could Office participate in email without being yet another group developing an email client application? We were just getting our minds wrapped around Ren and Stimpy, but that did not yet have a schedule and seemed more more like a far-off project. The EMS Capone client was basic, and while it was primarily, and some would say exclusively, about EMS, it was also being pushed to be a stellar example of a Chicago application. By stellar, it meant that the user interface for mail needed to look like the Chicago File Explorer and reuse as much of that operating system code as possible, something Lotus or no other company would ever do. While there was a little top-down direction over reducing proliferation of mail clients and servers, there was an intense focus on Capone being a great Windows 95 application. This design, appearing to users like the File Explorer, had been a key goal of Bill G's for years, and was at the heart of his mission for a universal shell as sought after by the Cairo Project. I was never a fan of building shells. They aren't that important, and frankly, people make too big a deal out of them. But I was in the minority, and much of Microsoft embraced the idea of the power of shells. The shell was just a place people would go in order to launch Excel and Word, something Chris P. always said. I would later experience firsthand the high levels of emotion people attach to launching programs when introducing Windows 8. Capone was far behind the proposed Chicago ship dates of early 1995, primarily because the mail server product was as well. Though Capone could theoretically connect to other mail servers, which is how we justified its inclusion with Chicago. In Chicago, Capone was named Inbox and received an icon on the desktop that was really difficult to delete, representing the importance of mail for Chicago. Capone had a relatively simple text editor for creating mail messages, supporting only the basics of typing and no formatting. The Word team, especially Peter Pathé and Ed Fries, were fascinated with the idea of replacing an email editor with Word. Peter Pathé, or his nickname Blue, which was also his email alias, originally joined Microsoft to lead what became the efforts around typography and printing. A veteran of the Boston tech scene and both Caltech and MIT Blue was a rarity, and he had experienced all the ups and downs of the PC industry outside of Microsoft, while at the same time, he came to the company with a deep domain experience, having worked on innovative PC software before Microsoft. Ed Fries was carved out of the same mold as Chris P. and John Devon, and often the three of them were thought of in the same breath. Ed F. joined Microsoft in the mid-1980s, then from the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology, and was already an apps veteran who had famously created a fish-themed software and co-authoring a famous screensaver. He was leading the Word development team, which was the largest apps team, and had successfully led the team through the groundbreaking Word 6.0 release. Ed would later go on to become a pioneer in Xbox and a legend in the gaming industry. Ed routinely described his goal for Word and Mail as, what could be more magical than all of a sudden my email didn't have typos and it was easy to add bullets? Routine today, but back then it was magical and costly. Mike Angulo, email Mike Ange, was a new hire in office program management assigned to design this feature and make it work. That put him at the center of the storm between the Workgroup Applications Division, WGA, building EMS, Chicago, Word, and the Office Team measuring test teams measuring performance. WordMail, as it was called, was the ability to use Microsoft Word as the editor for email messages. It ultimately became a grand slam of cross group coordination, but also finger pointing along the way. Over several months, there were more complexities than one could count. The API to reuse Word's editor was known as DocObject, and was part of the broad plans to enable Office apps to be used in WWW browsers. If a link opened a Word document, then Word could open up inside the browser as if it was an HTML page. This approach was countered by the Netscape plugin API, announced weeks after weeks of negotiations over whether Netscape would freely license our API for use in the Navigator browser. This was my one experience with Netscape that would play a tiny and mostly irrelevant, though memorable, part of a future antitrust tile. In 1998, the Department of Justice and 20 state attorneys generals would sue Microsoft, resulting in a long-running regulatory dispute object itself was based on the enormously complex OLE interfaces, OLE, which John Devon and team had been trying to make perform in four megabytes of memory after the decision was made to stick with OLE when I was working for Bill G. The Capone client was not ready for prime time, and the interfaces and capability to extend it were no more ready than the rest of the product, including EMS. The challenge was identifying where the problem rested. The Capone team had been benchmarking performance with the MS, measuring both memory used on Chicago and a somewhat mysterious item known as an RPC. An RPC, remote procedure call, was a request to the exchange server to do something: retrieve a message, sort an inbox, look up an address. Using Capone generated RPCs, and every RPC was one too many, as the server was trying to scale to hundreds of users. In other words. The best way to scale the server was to avoid calling out to do work. At least that's how it seemed. To immerse myself in the challenges people like Mike Ange and John Devon were facing, I ran Inbox on a vintage PC and kept track of allocated and free memory. The online version includes some graphs that I made in the preparation of this chapter. During the project, There was a puzzling discontinuity between the development team and the executives who expressed increasing frustration over the tension between Office and WGA. Executives, it turned out, were insulated from the product performance challenges because their mail was hosted, or dogfooded as we called it, on a special dedicated server named Oxygen that had far more capacity per user than the typical employee experience. Execs were also running some pretty beefy hardware and did not routinely experience the memory pressure that most would on eight megabyte PCs. This special executive treatment gave the false impression of progress when we were in fact struggling. Capone had gotten the number of RPCs to an acceptable level and it didn't hurt that Capone was also on the same team as Exchange. When WordMail coming from a different organization was integrated into Capone, the number of RPCs went up Mail messages got bigger because they had nice formatting, not just plain text, and a lot more memory was used because Word was running. The number of RPCs went up and it was all Word mail and it was unacceptable to the EMS team. Mike Ange, along with the dev and test teams, spent months tracking down and removing what they could, justifying what remained to deliver Word as an email editor. The online version includes a screenshot of Word as an email editor in the Capone client on Windows 95. The result was an insanely cool demo. Mail messages that looked like fancy printed documents. So that one-page meeting agenda looked once again like what used to arrive in interoffice office mail, complete with tables, formatting, even columns. The feature was too early for Exchange and too soon for 4 megabytes or 8 megabyte Chicago machines. The groundwork, however, proved incredibly useful for Microsoft's next email product in Office 96. Escapone led a short life. There was great vindication of this strategy by the end of 1995 when widely read and highly respected analyst Bill Gurley wrote about the arrival of rich email with color, graphics, and even letterhead. We were just early with the crazy implementation. Coming to the summer of Windows 95, we had little to show to compete with Lotus Notes. The inbox with WordMail would have little to do with the competitive battle for the back end of modern enterprises. The parallel releases of Office 94 and Office 96 gave us a second chance for Office to compete with Ren and Stimpy, as we will see. The pain this optionality foisted on the product, marketing and sales teams, and even customers might eventually pay off. That is why when I reflect on all of the craziness of this strategy, it's difficult to say it would have been easier. Yes, it could have been easier, but only if we knew the future.